Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. Today on the podcast, I've got Elizabeth Woodson. Elizabeth is a speaker, writer, and a pizza connoisseur who loves music and documentaries. It kind of sounds like I'm hyping Elizabeth up for her next online dating profile, which would actually be very fitting for today's topic. Elizabeth and I are chatting about singleness. I know I just made some of you cringe and some of you might stop listening, but I know there are some of you out there who just really want to know how to navigate being single, especially when it seems like everyone around us is getting engaged or married. For real though, anybody else feel me? But Elizabeth gives us some really good perspective and wisdom when it comes to talking about singleness. I learned so much from her and I know you will too. So let's get on with it. Hey, Elizabeth, how's it going? Hey, Emma, I am doing well. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. I'm excited for us to jump into this. Oh, yeah. Why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like these days? Yeah, definitely. I am on staff at the Village Church here in Flower Mound, Texas. And so this is a fun new position for me. I used to be at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship down in the southern sector of Dallas, leading a ministry to single adults. And so I have come on board at the Village and the Institute. And so I love teaching and writing and just get the opportunity to work on my craft and just teach Bible and theology, which is a really cool challenge for me. And so it's a new space. So I'm enjoying it. It's a different pace and rhythm. I'm used to having a lot of faces I'm interacting with. Mm -hmm. And so now now it's a little quieter, which is okay, but I still get to do what I love. So I'm thankful for the past couple months and just the folks at the village. It's been a really sweet transition. Great. We're so glad to have you. (laughs) I was so excited. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out women's Bible class. Shout out TVC, Flower Mound, (laughs) all the good things. I love that. So we're going to talk about singleness today, which is a hot topic, especially for ladies in their 20s, 30s. Yeah. I mean, all the way up, right? I mean, it's and it's something that uh, I feel like could either be touchy subject for some because maybe it's really, really, really hard or some people are really passionate about it or like, here's why it's a gift. So um, I'm excited to kind of hear your perspective on that. So let's talk first. How do you think the church and culture kind of gets singleness wrong? Yeah, you know, I think the church, if I'm really honest, I think the church is an idol of marriage. And so for, and this is just a church in general, some people do do a really good job of it. But I think a lot of times people point singles to marriage as if singleness is kind of a pass through season as if it just solely exists for the preparation for marriage. And so I think especially when you think about women, a difficulty can be that we might feel that our value only comes from what we can do as a wife and a mother. And so if you're a single woman in the church, it can be hard to feel like, hey, I have value and I have significance because I'm with me not being married. And so I think the church just has elevated marriage above where we see in scripture. And that just creates some difficulty and substance when it comes to programming, when it comes to just representation, when it comes to just hearing a message that has, where you don't have to do the mental gymnastics to apply illustrations to your life because Mm -hmm. they would be talking directly to you. And then the flip side, I think culture kind of takes it to a whole nother extreme and just makes it about your own self-indulgence. And Mm -hmm. so 
kind of freedom. You can do what you want with whoever you want. So sexual promiscuity, the freedom with your body, um, you know, just not even living, uh, push to live in deep community. And so that's something that we see in scripture is the reality. I think a lot of times with singles, we might feel as if we can't be intimately known by someone other than our spouse. Mm. And scripture just gives so much space for us to live in this family community within the context of um, other believers. And so the world's not pressing you to really know people deeply or to push for reconciliation um, or conflict resolution or to love people through the hard things. It's kind of like, hey, if you're not serving my purposes, Mm. then... Um, I can get rid of you. Tim Keller in the meaning of marriage calls it consumeristic friendships mm. and just how when you stop meeting my needs, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. And we can make it really pretty and a really good reason, but at the core of it, that's what we do. And so I think there are these pendulum of extremes where for the church, singleness is about marriage and for culture, it's about um, just self. And I don't think God has that as the purpose for singleness in either way. But he has something more more richer and something more significant for us to rest in for however long we're in this season. Mm, that's so good. I like that a lot. Especially like you said about the consumeristic, what was it again? Consumeristic relationships. Right. To just like, oh, yeah, that wasn't doing it for me. So I'm oh, yeah. going to move on. That's crazy. And so true. So true. So the Bible talks a lot about singleness being a gift, right? That's something yeah. that is pushed a lot. Um, and it's actually better to be single than to be married. That's something that yep. was like crazy to me. I didn't even, I don't think that scripture was yeah. ever pointed out to me until, of course, Matt talks about that all the yeah. time. So, yeah. um, but how can we put on that as truth and walk in it? Yeah. Yeah. I think when we look at that verse, and it's always funny because when I was at Oak Cliff, my singles would talk about, hey, it's a gift. I have a gift receipt. Can I give it back? Like, there's like, I don't want this gift. <laughs> Gift receipt. You know, I think, <laughs> gift receipt, you know, can I take it back, get a full refund. <laughs> and and <laughs> so when we think about gift, I think a lot of times we think about it as it's something for my own personal pleasure. And singleness is this, it's this really fluid space. And so sometimes it is difficult and disappointing. Um, and just helping people learn how to live in that space. It's not always a joyful season. And I think that's any season in life and that's okay. Um, but when we look at that scripture in Second Corinthians 7, when Paul's talking about singleness and marriage as a gift, it, that word gift means stewardship. Mm-hmm. And so kind of as you think of spiritual gift as it's something that we've been given for the benefit of another and that that person really is the glorification of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about, man, God's given me this as a gift. He's given me this as something that he's going to hold me accountable for how I'm using it. So how am I making impact in this world? Because our God is a missional God. Mm -hmm. And we come into relationship with him. We join him in mission and he gives us assignments. And whether that is you at your corporate job or you, you're in school, you're in a college campus, or even with your family, we all have a piece of the pie when it comes to glorifying God's name Mm -hmm. in this world and building his kingdom. And so with our singleness, it's how are we using that to impact the world for Christ? And so I think it's very much um, pushing back against the two extremes from the church and culture of really, what am I doing that is transformational for building the kingdom? And that's why it's a gift. Um, and so I think it gets us outside of ourselves. It gets mm-hmm. us realizing it's not about us, um, which is a harder thing to do. I sit in that space all the mm-hmm. time. But God has something really big for us to be a part of. Um, and I think singleness is a sweet place to be because you have undivided focus. So 
Um, you don't have any kids. You don't have a spouse. You were able to freely run after whatever God has for you. And so, you know, I think about the time that I have dated. And so, you, you know, you got to consider somebody else's feelings and mm-hmm. emotions. Okay, got to check with them. And, you know, it's a sweet, sweet place to be. But then there is this, I can just run free. I can do whatever I want to. I can go wherever I want to. Yeah, I can go back to school. You know, I can go to a different state. I can go to a different country, you yeah. know? And I think yeah. just really honing in on the benefits of singleness and that is freedom and independence in a different way that you won't have in marriage. And it's a sweet place. And I think you can talk to any married couple and they'll tell you um, of that dynamic and how it's different in their relationship. But for me, it really is God's given it to us for a purpose. There is a reason that's connected to his mission that we're in the season and he's going to hold us responsible for how we use the time mm-hmm. and that, and we got to get off ourselves um, and get on board with the assignments he's given us. Cause there's a bigger mission in this world mm-hmm. um, than, than just us. Right. And to me, that's what Paul said. And yeah, I like that, that idea. It's, it's a mission, right? We're not on mission to find a husband. Like that's not our ultimate purpose, right? right? <laughs> it's it's what wherever he's planted us right so um so because of that like there wherever he has planted us there are areas of our life um that he wants to work on us right um and so there's a reason there's a purpose in that and so also so what are some areas that can be strengthened because we're single right or that we can focus on and you kind of mentioned a little bit but where can we focus um, and find our purpose instead of looking around at everyone else that's getting married? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part and a privilege in this season is get to know yourself. Um, and God has given you specific gifts and talents and dreams. And so to chase them, to to push, pull out all the stops. You know, for me, that was moving cross country to go back to graduate school. Um, for other people, you know, I have friends who are entrepreneurs. Um, I have a friend who quit her job to be a day trader and travel the world. Like literally she travels the world off a of day That's trading. That's awesome. Crazy cool to me. <laughs> um, and so I think do the things where there is no ceiling and there's no limit, you know, and I think of again, pointing back to who am I and what has God implanted in me? Um, and I think a lot of times, where our focus can be on what we don't have and not focusing on what we do have. And mm-hmm. so there's just a really sweet power in just capitalizing on the time. I think, again, I just put that back to, you know, a lot of times we can wallow, you know, we can sit on Instagram and Facebook and scroll mm-hmm. through weddings. You know, we've all been to weddings we weren't invited to. Baby <laughs> 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 showers. <laughs> and it's great. You know, we, we want to be able to celebrate what's happening in people's lives, but it can consume our thoughts. And we just get frozen in this space of what I don't have. And God's like, no, I've given you some really amazing things. And for you to take the time, what's your personality? You know, my friends are all this Enneagram stuff. I don't know if people mm-hmm. talk about it. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, but just to find out how God has designed you and for you to jump into the world um, and take risks. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to take risks in life when it's just you and not you and a husband and some kids. Um, and so again, it just really is kind of spending time learning what it means to love yourself and mm. learning what it means to work on yourself. And then what has God given me again, that's the piece of the pie in terms of pushing forward mission. And it doesn't mean that, that you need to sell all your stuff and move to Africa. Right. Um, 
you know, it's you're in corporate America and how can God use you there and, and use you to be um, a pillar of excellence in a world where there's not a lot of women in C-suite, you know? Mm-hmm. So how can you work towards these goals that gives you a space to be a light for the gospel, but also to work in excellence in your skills? And so I think to me, a big part of it is getting outside of ourselves, knowing ourselves, um, and really taking the risk that you have the opportunity to take just because it's just you. Be do something crazy. Like it's it's okay. It's okay if it doesn't work out. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I would always, as I was talking to my mom, you know, even to my sister about singleness, and I'm just really thankful to have family members who've been really gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, and are kind of like, hey, don't rush. You know, you are great right where you're at. And just talking to them and as they reflected on their single season, wanting to have done, squeezed every ounce of everything they could have out of their single season. So when they look back, they're not saying, man, I wish I would have done this. Mm-hmm. I wish I done this. I wish I would have done this. Um, that they're like, no, I did everything I wanted to do in that season and fully fulfilled. And kind of a little, I've heard of my friends who've been a little bit sad on their wedding day because they love their singleness so much. Yeah. And they, they were given <laughs> You know, they still got married, but right. They're um, like, ah, this is this is yeah. tough for me, but I guess I'll do it because I like you a lot. Exactly. You know, I love you, kind of. <laughs> but I think it's that for me is just that's what fills my life and gives me joy is the opportunities I have to really align myself with what God has designed Elizabeth Woodson to do with my unique personality and gifts and talents. And so it always makes my heart a little sad when I see women kind of missing out on that, especially in a culture where I want to just be an advocate for women. Mm-hmm. To just do whatever, there's no ceiling. There, like, go as high as you can go, run as fast as you can go. And so I think, you know, as you're watching everybody else get married, focus on focus on your own tract of land and what God has given you. The grass is green on the other side because people water it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> water your own grass. Um, and I, I think it. there's a lot of joy and space in that. Yes, I love that a lot. So much because you're so right in the fact that I feel like people think that the goal is just to find a husband, right? Especially even, I was just amazed at just being in college and that being like the expectation. Like if you, if you don't leave college with a boyfriend or being engaged, like you're screwed kind of like, this is it. This is like the biggest pool here. And it's kind of like the expectation, especially like, I feel like at A&M where I went, it was like ring by spring or who knows what's going to happen. Right. But this is like the time when we get to, there's no, there's nothing holding us back at all. There's exactly. no one who is um, needing us for anything. Basically, it's like exactly. your job is your only priority kind of thing. And so, um, but also you kind of mentioned like, well, go up and move to Africa. But I feel like that can also be a lie. So speaking, yeah. and I've talked about this on the podcast before of like, oh man, if I just like be a teacher or if I just get a job as an accountant or if I just work at Walmart for a year, like, does that mean that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, you know, because I'm in my 20s. So I'm like supposed to be traveling around the whole world or I'm supposed to be, you know, doing something. But it's just like, what is God calling you to? Like, just be open to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times there can be this pressure that I've got to find the right thing. And if I don't find it, I'm going to miss it. Like, I'm going to miss God's blessing mm. in my life. Or even I'm going to miss my spouse. Like, if I'm not in the right place at the right time, mm. you know, and I've just learned, you know, if it's for you, you are not going to miss it. <laughs> right. You know, a lot of my friends just have stories of be obedient to the Lord. 
everything else falls into place. And I've lived, which is weird to say, I've lived long enough <laughs> that I can, you know, just really testify to seeing that in my life. That just be obedient. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy or even in the ordinary and what might seem to other people as mundane, but God has space and blessing for you there. Mm-hmm. Um, that your only responsibility is to be obedient to God and everything else falls into place and to trust him for that to take a risk on the Lord, to, mm-hmm. to see him prove himself faithful. Every time he's proved himself faithful through obedience. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. It's just, just be obedient to whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. Okay. This is, this is a big one. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw in this story and hopefully she won't hate me, but uh my question is, how do we handle being single when we're seeing everyone around us get married? Because, oh. for example, one of my friends this weekend was like, uh, this friend just got engaged and this friend just got engaged. Literally four or five friends I saw got engaged this weekend. I just want to throw up and everyone around me is getting married and I feel like my life is pointless. And it's it's really relatable. I mean, it's so many people around us are getting married. So... It's like, how do we, how do we handle that? Yeah. No, I mean, think <laughs> it's real. <laughs> um, to me, I'm a big advocate for validating, embracing emotions. And so, you know, I think the reality is when you see other people who are experiencing something that you deeply want, and that can be difficult and sad. And so I think to find space to embrace that, embrace that with healthy people who will help you be there, but not stay there. So don't, the, the wallowing is not the business, yeah. <laughs> you know, but just, hey. Because sometimes people just think that you being sad is there's something wrong with you. You're not content. Um, it's like, no, I'm sad. You know, let me feel that. Um, but just, I think, digging deeper. And so what makes us so, um, why does those things, why does seeing people have what we desire bother us? And does it point back to, man, we don't trust God? You know, God, have you, you know, forgotten me? Have you skipped over me? Does it kind of reinforce these lies we tell ourselves that, you know, it's not going to come my way? Um, you know, even in the jealousy of that not being able to, what can you point to your own life that is good? You know, I want to be part of a community of women where we celebrate the things that happen in our friends' lives, even if, hey, mm-hmm. I can be a little sad and still celebrate you and still be happy for you, um, but also be healthy. So being mm-hmm. able to kind of be real and say, maybe I can't be here for all these wedding showers and maybe I can't be here for everything need to pull back through some good single community mm-hmm. um, to be able to reinforce and be in my space. Cause there's this, this reality is sometimes friendships shift, you know? So if you, everybody in your group is single and then half of you folks is married and half are single, you know, there's just a di- difference in the friendships. And so you kind of have to readjust to that. And so I think giving space for the flexibility in, okay, how do we navigate these life changes that are coming down the pipeline, but to still reinforce God's good. And he hasn't forgotten you and your blessing isn't thwarted by what somebody else has. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to try to see it as if God can do it in their life, then he's still capable of doing it in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but it is this space of within Christianity, how do we live in the tension of feeling the emotions that sometimes are so hard and heavy, but then pushing ourselves to trust God and reflect on his goodness, even when it might not feel that he's good. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you got the, you got your Netflix nights, and you get some ice yeah, cream. You and, know. You know? Um, but then be in good community that doesn't allow you to stay there. You mm-hmm. know, have good habits. What are you intaking? Might not be a great time for an Instagram or a Facebook <laughs> you 
know, sunken place home. <laughs> Scrolling. Scrolling for two hours, three hours, four hours. Um, but it's also, you know, the longer you find yourself there asking yourself the real questions of what am I thinking about God? And why am I so frustrated and angry with him? Um, what do I believe that I'm entitled to that he hasn't given me? Mm. And um, because blessing is where you are and God's best is what you're walking in. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that, even when it doesn't feel true. You, God's given you his best. Mm. And if it was for you to be married, you would be married. Um, and if you're not, then there's something good he has for you in that season. And so celebrate with your sisters and celebrate the fact that, you know, prayerfully one day that can be your story too. But it's, it's a tension. It's not this mm-hmm. perfect clean space. Sometimes it's a back and forth. Embrace it. The feelings, it's okay. Just don't stay there. Right. I like you said, it's okay. Because sometimes I feel like we get in this place where like, dang it, why am I always feeling like this? But yeah. it's okay to to feel it and then say, okay, this is what I'm feeling and be open with your community about it and say, okay, but we're going to fight so that you're not just going to stay there. And so when you're feeling that, like, let's be accountable for each other and yeah. be like, yeah, we understand, you know, but we don't have to stay and sit in that and let that like harbor this. Maybe exactly. even sometimes I feel like we could even harbor this like bitterness and not even realize it towards the Lord of like, or just anger that turns into bitterness of feeling like he has skipped over us or that he, he doesn't want blessings in our life. Um, but in reality, it's like, he has something better. Like you said, he, there's a reason that he hasn't given that to us and it's not because he doesn't love you and doesn't want to give you that. So, um, so with that, how can we wait well and be content in our singleness? That's such yeah. like a Christian phrase, content in your Christian singleness. Christian. Yeah. <laughs> content. So Christianese. You know, I think content, it's just really, oh, it's not funny. I just think it's one of those things that gets talked a lot about in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, contentment doesn't always mean, I believe, contentment doesn't always mean you're happy about it. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think you can be content in your singleness. And again, I think it's a fluid space full of lots of emotions that sometimes are really great and sometimes aren't really great and to giving singles freedom to live on that pendulum and not say you have to be happy all the time because mm-hmm. sometimes it's not happy and just like in marriage sometimes it's not happy um and so you know i think to me contentment is really believing that it's god's best and god's going to take care of me and i need nothing else than what he's given me in this time and i think mm-hmm. that's why paul could be you know content when he had a lot and when he had a little, because he knew God was going to show up and take care of him. Um, so it has more of what we do, more about what we believe about God, unless that I have this happy feeling on the inside. I'm about contentment. You know, I think when it comes to waiting, is this this idea of how do we live life without the things we desperately desire? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a question I sit, sit in a lot because it just, you know, you're talking to people who really want to be married. And so how do you help them live life without that desire being met in this season? And, you know, I think it's this idea that we have to learn to desire something more mm-hmm. and something more beautiful. And that's the Lord. And again, that can sound really spiritual and cliche, but that our lives and hearts would just be grasped by the Lord so much that, and I believe it can happen. I think sometimes we're like, yeah, that sounds nice, but, <laughs> <laughs> sure, but like, okay, sure, but whatever. <laughs> All right. And it's like, no, God is so beautiful. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. 
partly it's learning that because you will wait in marriage. You know, so I think about my sisters who have gotten married, but they cannot have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're in this, you're, or they're waiting to have children and we're trying and trying and trying. It's not working out. I know people who have stories of God's given them children after years of just a hard season of infertility. Um, but it's just waiting, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's waiting for something. And right. so I think it's this idea that we live in kind of an immediate gratification culture, a culture where we're always looking to the future and not right now. Um, and so we want to know what's next. And so I got married next is the kids. And after the kids, it's the job. It's it's always something Mm -hmm. and and everybody's waiting for something and everybody has a heart hole where it just, man, it's painful. Um, and so seeing a commonality and experience and did Lord, how do I steward the season? Well, um, how do I yearn for after you and love you and dwell with you? Um, you know, I think about Mary, and Luke chapter 10, you know, Mary and Martha and Martha's mm-hmm. in the kitchen and she's irritated because the sister had <laughs> left her to do it all by herself. Um, and she comes and puts her sister on blast in front of Jesus and the <laughs> disciples. And Jesus is like, your sister chose the better portion and the better portion is sitting at my feet and dwelling with me. Mm-hmm. And that we would be women who you really trust that God's got you mm-hmm. um, and he's got you in the best way possible and that you leave it in his hands and you be obedient to the life that he has for you. Mm. Um, and again, I think chasing after some of the things that are the benefits of the season we're in, but it really is, this is best. This is what's best. And I trust you, Lord, that if it was, if best was something else, you deposited into my life mm-hmm. um, and let have an attitude that whatever you give me, um, Job one twenty one is one of my favorite verses. It just talks about naked I've come and naked I shall return. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like the um, the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, if he doesn't show up, he's still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character of our God doesn't change. And that's what we rest our hearts in because it doesn't matter what season we're in. Mm-hmm. The same habits are going to pop up. And so if I have a habit of being discontent, I'm going to be discontent in my marriage. I'm going to be discontent in my friendships. I'm going to be discontent in other spaces. But if I have a habit of trusting God, pressing in, building good inputs of community and friends and running after purpose, um, I'm still waiting and I'm still trusting and I'm still hoping. I tell singles, hope, hope until the Lord comes back, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, Um, but believe that God is good and he's faithful. And I think that's what helps us wait well is trusting in the true character of our God um, and believing in who he is and not who we feel he is mm-hmm. because we haven't. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that you talked about like creating habits and that maybe is our purpose and what he's trying to do in our yeah. singleness is like, these are things that I need to teach you because like you said, I know that you might carry this into marriage and I don't want that for you. So let's work that out here right now. Just you and me. Um, so that you're not trying to figure that out while that other person is needing you, you know? And so um, I like that point a lot of like, there's things that he's probably trying to work on on our hearts that we're not ready for to bring into marriage. So I like that. Um, so let's think about in our communities, uh, what ways could we honor our brothers in Christ as single ladies? Ah. Uh. Every man is not the one. <laughs> <laughs> so true, but we no. do it all the time. I admit oh, to it. I'm no. like, oh, he's tall. It could be the one because I'm six feet Man. tall. So I'm like, anybody who is like a little bit taller, I'm like, it could be. It could be because they You're don't the come one. around. 
<laughs> I'm with you on that. It's like, hey, he's six feet. He's funny. He's the one. He's the one. You send him one. <laughs> um, and I think one thing, because leading a singles ministry, you know, I just got to interact with a lot of different folks and, and interact with men in a different way, just because, you know, I'm trying to care for them and, and create programming for them. And so it was just really sweet just getting to have some good friendships with brothers um, and getting to hear them tell me the honest truth about women that they might not tell <laughs> other women. I'm like, oh, that's what you really think. Um oh, and so I think it's just, there's a really sweet value in just having good brother sister relationships. And I think it's partly because of the idol of marriage, partly because of the over-sexualization that we have of women and men in our culture um, mm-hmm. that sometimes it just gets reduced to just to um, a romantic relationship. And I think for women, because a lot, one thing that we talk about, we hear talk about a lot of sexual purity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for women, there's this idea of emotional purity Emotional intimacy is really huge, I think, especially for women. And so you can have these really deep and intimate conversations Mm -hmm. um, with your brothers and get your heart into a space where you're locked in and you're down the aisle and you got names for your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's reality. And so I think it's boundaries are just really, really important. Um, And I think sometimes we can think we're stronger than we are. Or that boundaries might be really dumb. I'm like, why do I always have to hang out in a group? You know, just like, why can't we do this by ourselves? And um, you do it a couple of times. And when you see it doesn't work, your heart's a little little tattered. (laughs) You know, you figure it out. But it is just hanging out with groups of people, having good emotional boundaries, where you're not delving into these deep, intimate spaces with someone, knowing that God created us. That's part of our design as humans to be connected on an intimate level, emotionally, spiritually, and physically mm-hmm. in terms of a relationship with a spouse and know that those opportunities exist. And so just to be smart about that, and that allows you to have these fences that give you the opportunity to know someone without all the extra stuff that comes with the emotional ties mm-hmm. and hanging out and having good conversations and studying the word in a group or just having fun and, and traveling. You know, I've got friends who will go on vacation, men and women all together, singles, um, you know, and having a good time. And I think you just, when it just becomes about, when that person becomes an object, I think sometimes we can objectify people, then you just miss out on just the sweetness of who they are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the brother relations can inter- turn into something different. And sometimes they just stay as brothers. Mm-hmm. But I believe God created us as male and female. And so there's a part of knowing God that comes through being in relationship with our brothers. Mm-hmm. And me, I think that's a sweet gift that sometimes we miss out on when we're just not wise about boundaries and wise about our minds, a little fantasy life that we like to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is take the thoughts captive, <laughs> you know, rein them in. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, it's it's disciplines, you know, mentally, because I think for women, again, it doesn't take much for us to go down, down wedding aisles in our head. Yeah. Um, but just to love them and, and cherish them for what they really are, get some good oil changes and tires. <laughs> changing out of them and lugging <laughs> furniture and all that <laughs> so true so true you know that men are complex and they it's just that's one thing i really appreciate about my time at oak cliff was just learning i meant that sometimes uh, women we might not give men the credit that they deserve for being complex and having emotions at a deep level and thinking differently than we do and just the just joy of being in that kind of space and so mm. i think just to put up the right fences so that you can be in relationship with men and it not get somewhere it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. um, because we're just not wise about that. Right. So it doesn't just get weird. 
出会いたいと思います。ピンクファンキー。ああ、つけ。OK、そう、We've made it to my questions that I like to ask everyone on the podcast.、Okay. Uh, the first one is one thing, or what is one thing you wish you knew as 20 something? Life gets better. It gets better.、Um, there's, hope. I think, <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. Um, you know, I think it's a little something little like, you know, my makeup game has gotten better <laughs> since,、yeah. you know, my early 20s. You know, I've discovered eyebrow pencils and full cover、oh. makeup and all these wonderful things. Yeah, yeah.、Um, You know, so I think sometimes we feel like people are passing us or we're not reaching milestones or, you know, the quarter life crisis and like, what am I doing with myself? There's no rush. You don't have to be, it's not a race. And I think sometimes we can feel like, man, I should be this place at this age.、Mm-hmm. Be at the place God has for you to be.、Um, stop comparing yourself with other people. You're on your own journey and you're the only person that you're competing against is yourself. And so, just to take it as slow as you need to or as fast as you need to, but it gets better. You know, I think sometimes we can get, I don't have this, or I don't look like this, or I'm not doing this. You have so many years to discover、mm-hmm. so many wonderful things.、Um, your friend group will get better. You will be more refined. You will be more confident in yourself.、Mm-hmm. You know, I think. I just enjoy being in my 30s because I feel like I have this settledness that I didn't have in my 20s.、Mm. Kind of like, this is who I am. You can take it or you can leave it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so、right. it's, it's a confidence that maybe I didn't have in my 20s、um, because I was focused on other people and not focused on myself, or I didn't know myself as good、um, and had to go through some rough patches to see who Elizabeth was. And that's okay. Like, make the mistakes.、Mm-hmm. You will get better with time. And I think everybody does if you are intentional about the choices that you make in terms of being reflective. Failure is, a, is only failure if you don't learn from it.、Um, mm-hmm. if, you try, if you never try anything, you won't make mistakes. You learn from the mistakes and you get better.、Mm-hmm. And so don't be afraid to try at life. Do, I'm really big on doing you. Like whatever you is. You, you do is, you, boo boo. Do you. Do you like if you want to be a baker? Bake. If you want to make clothes, make clothes. If you want to sing, like whatever, put your heart on fire. Do it. Forget about the haters. Do what you want to do. God's put it in you, and you will get better with time. Like you just will. Your art, your craft, just you will get better. And so just walk with the journey. Don't stress out. Don't rush. Enjoy the ride. Haters back off. Haters back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my motto. It really is. I say that to my kids at school too, though. Like, you know, if, if someone gets up and they mess up and make a mistake, they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, haters back off. Haters back, back off. off. You know? Seriously. You do you. Haters back off. Exactly. If, if anyone、that? takes anything away from this podcast episode, it's <laughs> you do you and haters back, haters back off. off. Exactly. <laughs> Apply that to your singleness somewhere, okay? <laughs> I love it.、Uh, okay, so are there any resources you could put、yeah. in our hands around this topic?、Um, there's a couple good books that are out. One is Ben Stewart. Ben Stewart is, I'm just a Ben Stewart fan. Oh, yeah. And he, you said, you know who Ben Stewart is? Yes, he, I had the lovely privilege of sitting under him for my first. 
three years of college at Breakaway. I learned so stinking much there. Yes, yes. Yes. Love that cat. He just, I mean, he's just, he's, he's an awesome communicator. Yes. And so he has a new book out called Single, Dating, and Engaged. Mm. And I think he just is a good person, person who has a good grasp on singleness. I think it's a healthy theology where it's not this, you know, how do you get a man in 21 days or less? Right. Um, you know, and then, you know, singleness, you and Jesus is all that's needed. Like he mm. has this, it's a good perspective. And so I think Ben Stewart's book is a good resource. It's, I think it's hot off the press. So that's a good one. Okay. Um, redeeming singleness, how mm. the storyline of scripture affirms a single life. And so I think, um, especially for those who say, man, it doesn't look like scripture affirms my story. I don't hear about singleness in there. I don't hear about um, single people who impacted what we believe today, then that's a really helpful book to, I think, just bring value. I think representation matters. And so what's helpful for me, even as I am single, is looking at other single men and women that I see in culture who are killing it in the game. And it says that that's what singleness is, and I want to be a part of it. Mm. I think it's helpful for us to see that in scripture, too, for us to see that person affected so much change most of us really have an affection for the New Testament. Mm. Um, I think sometimes over the Old Testament. And most of the New Testament was written by a single dude. <laughs> you know? True. True. Bad. Um, <laughs> so I think it's things like that. Of You can literally change the world. Um, and these single people in Scripture did. So that's a good book mm. to be able to look at. And then another one, Not Yet Married, The Pursuit of Joy in Singleness and Dating. And I think just, again, reaffirming a good theology of singleness that marriage isn't the goal. Um, mm -hmm. And because if you think that the that trying to find another person to complete you is what life is about, then marriage is going to be a wake-up call for you, too. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a good kind of perspective-adjusting resource. Um, and then there's just good books like Lies Women Believe. Mm. Um, by Nancy DeMoss um, there is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg you know I'm just a real big advocate for women empowerment and so what does it look like for you to be the best you can be um, she is she's in the C-suite I forget um, I think it's it's either Facebook or Google Okay. I should know this but you know just a really powerful woman um, and just her talking about what it's like to be a woman in those spaces and so I think for us especially for, for the ladies in the 20s, you know, what does it look for you to walk in excellence in some places where you might be the only woman out there mm. um, as a single woman too, because there's some dynamics of being a single woman when people might treat you a little differently and you got to kind of pull your chair up to the table and put some bass in your voice and show mm. them that you got to need <laughs> to do the job. Well. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> put some bass in your voice. <sighs> While you say haters back off. Basically. Yeah, that's good. Okay, then lastly, most important question, what is refreshing you these days? Yes. Refreshing me are two things. Um, decorating my apartment. So I just moved mm -hmm. close to the church. And so I love decorating. That's kind of where my creative side comes out. So mm -hmm. I'm in this mid-century modern kick. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Ikea, which is, I think, the first stop for everybody. Right. But... Uh, West Elm, CB2, just a lot of just really clean lines. And so trying to get intentional pieces. So I just, I, that's, I love that. That's so, so fun. Fabric, patterns and, you know, how do I take a rental apartment and make it feel like it's home when I don't paint the walls mm. and not just get a bunch of junk. So we're just 
piece by piece. I'm on apartmenttherapy.com is the business. Like, <laughs> love apartmenttherapy.com. They yes. have this contest of basically where people send in pictures of their beautifully decorated apartments and people can vote on them. And it's just, That's so I love it. I've I never heard them. of that. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It will, it will give you life. It will give you life. And then the other one for me is dance challenges on Instagram. Like, I don't know about you, <laughs> but like, I just, it's Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> have you done it? Or are you just watching everyone else? Do I just it? watch. And then I do it by myself. <laughs> so like, I'm not trying to be on this player, put my video out there. <laughs> but you know, maybe afterwards, you, I know, think you go you home, should. put on a video. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all can put, do add it to the, add it to the podcast. Watch the people. And here's, I think I watched one where you like fell and it was really good. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, but it was funny. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> yes, those are good. Those are those are so fun. It's always like, okay, what's the next one gonna be? You know, right? Because of course, like, drinks can... in my fields. It's like it's a thing right now. But what's gonna be next? What's gonna be the next one? You're always the best dancer when nobody's watching. Oh, I'm a firm believer in that. My my friends know I am a big big on interpretive dance um yeah yeah come to interpretive <laughs> it's like dance. it's like a joke but it's not at the same time you know <laughs> it, they'll put on a song and they're like okay let's go i'm like come on interpretive dance i'm not a dancer at all <laughs> so i just do whatever the spirit leads but <laughs> but yes be free, girl. Be free. especially on your own dance like no one's watching but like dance always when there's no one no around. one's watching <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for coming on, Elizabeth. It was super duper fun. You are so fun. I think people are going to love it. No, I'm happy. This is fun. Got a good chance to talk about some good stuff. So thank you for the opportunity. Of course. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Elizabeth. I realized how important it is to understand God's sovereignty in being single and that there's a reason he might be holding us off from being in a relationship. And in no way, shape, or form is it because he doesn't want that for us or has forgotten about us. There is a reason and he's good in that. For all my single ladies out there, hold tight to the person of Jesus and take this time that we have to invest and live out our dreams and callings. Like Elizabeth said, we will never have more time than we do now, so let's do something about that. Let me know what impacted you most from our conversation, or feel free to write a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and stay fresh, my people.